everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. And you're welcome along to episode 32 of LOI Central. It is Dan in the presenting hot seat this week as Johnny Ward is dialing in from... Where are we, Johnny? Tell us where you are. I'm in Antibes, Dan, South France. Um, South of France. It's all one of the coolest football stadiums I've ever seen. Um, it's kind of on it's it's just based beside this like old really really old kind of fort um, right by the sea like it's literally picture picture perfect but I don't think there's actually any decent football team around here it's very near to Nice so um, I didn't get any football in so you don't know who plays in that stadium you don't know who plays and that's uh, who plays there. No, there's, there's a there's a local on team, but like they're not even. I don't think they're even in the actual league itself. Like they're just right. very very small. Like so. Um, but I tell you, I'll, I'll try and get a photo of this. The stadium is so so cool. The dog could probably sign someone from there. I mean, you never know <laughs> in the last period of time. But you've you've been uh, you've been there what for the last five days? You know, and and you know something we all like to do when we go to the south of France although I haven't been in the south of France in, in many years when I was it was only for work just not for a holiday is to to file transfer fair stories involving players from Bowes and 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 going to Motherwell as you were I mean how did you introduce that to your holiday I'm very interested how you managed to sort of like where did you fit that in was it in between long lunch and a sort of bottle of wine or what way did you would you work that one Ross Tierney this is uh... Yeah, so that I kind of uh, had. I went for a cycle yesterday, and we booked dinner for eight o'clock. And I kind of had a rough hour window where, I mean, when you are away, as you know, that when you're away with your partner on these trips, she doesn't really want. She's not really interested in a potential Bose going to Motherwell type story. So no, um, no. I just said like I hadn't done a decent story in a while, and this um, this might actually be all right. So. And she kind of showed a bit of patience there. But, um, yeah, you're never off work, though, are you? I mean, no. Rose played Rovers the other night. Um, you know, I didn't watch the full game. But I tried to get as much as I could of it. And, um, yeah, I got, got a bit of news about Tierney and Devoy. Um, so it'll be interesting time to head for those players anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is probably, I'm not, I'm not going to guess where you got the story from. Obviously, we can't do that. But obviously, I think disabling WhatsApp for a holiday would be an idea. Because generally, that's how you stay in touch with a lot of things, you know? And... That's definitely something we could look at, but um, yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate. Could you, could you manage that though? Could you manage? Uh, like, I sometimes turn off notifications for a day, you know, or I turn off notifications so then at least okay, I do get that window in the evening to check it, but it's not ping, ping, ping all day because if if you see something coming up on the screen in a particularly interesting WhatsApp group or from someone particularly interested, you're inclined to pick it up and look at it. Whereas if you take off notifications, it's the easy way to do it, you know. Um, well, I, I don't have notifications, so I turned I turned off notifications months and months ago because I realized WhatsApp was like was just taking too much of my time. But I'm not sure it's actually helped. I just find myself going into it to see to see if you've um, had any notifications. I mean, that completely yeah. defeats the purpose. I mean, exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a sort of an interesting addiction interesting therapy strategy. You've kind of yeah. you've referenced Georgie Kelly as well. You know, potentially moving. So there's a lot going on there, and I know two of them weren't playing against Rovers, but they, mm. you know, they, they've, they've certainly a lot of stuff in the off season that's going to be interesting. Not to mind the obviously the big story, which has nothing to do with Ross Tierney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I should say, of course, we are as ever in association with our sponsors, Future Ticketing, and I am in Oliver, Oliver Marketing in Glasnevin, and we do have Mark Rossler and Killian Brennan coming up. So. Um, a bit of an old pals act, so we're not going to keep you for too long, Johnny, because you need to go back. You're, but you're heading straight from the south of France to Mallorca as well. I mean, this is, this is a great life you lead. I mean, 
you're going across country you know a train luxury train plane how are you how are you making this trip would you fancy getting a train to Mallorca? I don't know. I mean, I, well, maybe. I mean, I think you've got a whole day, so you may as well. You might get a story out of it. Well, yeah, unless Boris Johnson has something in mind. I mean, New York <laughs> is, is an island, so um, it's going to entail... Oh, that's a good point, actually, yeah. See, I don't, yeah. I don't know that part of the world, Johnny. I'm more of a, I'm more of a Monaghan man than a Mallorca, you know, when it comes Stony to my holidays. Grace island, all that. It's the Balearic <laughs> Islands, which is off the east coast ah. of Spain, so I'm flying via Barcelona. Um, just to provide some context here, there's a, there's a monster cycle that I signed up to um, on Saturday in Mallorca so I hadn't really booked um, the flights properly to go there until quite late so I said listen I'll just go from from France which is a bit cheaper and um, I've left my train in um, a bit kind of dubiously um, vacant over the last two weeks so I went for a cycle yesterday around Cannes and Cannes Sumer which you may have known from the old uh, racing ah, yes, and places course, like yeah. that in France so I, I got a 60k cycling which I don't know if that's going to be enough but that was pretty cool in itself, cycling on the right-hand side of the road and essentially on motorways, which uh, with French traffic, so that was pretty cool. And come here, have you told anyone in France about Wexford being a decent side and the, the new young managers in the League of Ireland? Have you managed to no, but, but educate I, I the did, French I that? did manage to watch back the Wexford-Galway highlights on, uh, on Friday, and oh my God, like someone to play. I mean, honestly, honestly, the, 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 if, you, if you get a chance to look at this, right, it's about a minute and a half in, Rory Keating's assist, David Hurley's goal, which is Galway United's second goal, is is so good. Like I can't, I cannot emphasize how good it is. You have to watch it back, as well as Wexford shown. Um, there's a young a guy there, a Tipperary lad that I wasn't overly familiar with playing for them, Dan, um, who looked brilliant in the in the um, Jack Doherty. He looked brilliant yeah. in the highlights. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's uh, the, the Ross Tierney one is interesting. I mean. It does look like, I mean, you have the story, just people might not be 100% aware of the story that, you know, you're reporting that he, he's on his way to Motherwell, potentially, on a three-year deal from January. And there has been a bit of a, there have been a bit of chat about that, all right, in the last while. Um, Georgie Kelly, I don't expect him to be at Bowes next year. Um, th- that would be my understanding. Um, I would think he could be outside of the league or back closer to home in Derry. I think... Mm they'd be probably the main options. Um, I believe he's changed representation recently, which is always a sign that someone's looking to, wow. to do something. Um, so I'd be very surprised. But I, but I suppose the one thing you would say about Bose is, I mean, they, they can't afford, listen, they can't afford to lose any good players. No team in the league can, but I suppose in that Ross Tierney position, you could have Jamie Mullins, you could have Jack Moylan. Like you have an element of a succession there. Even Oma Cherry did quite well on Monday, although replacing Georgie is obviously would be very difficult if that came to pass. And I'm sure they're going to try and keep him. It's just, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that they're going to. Um, but it does help at least that they have promising young players coming through. And, and if you are going to let someone go, I think they can, they have options in Tierney's position, you know, Um but again, Bowes on Monday it was another strange performance from them. They were they were so good for the first half, and and then just didn't didn't finish the game off. But before I let you go, because we will actually talk about the game with, with with the lads. I certainly know Mark was was watching it. Um, we have the the Bowes Rovers uh, ticket wars ongoing, and I'm sure you've seen you've seen this. I don't really want to go into it too much because you end up in, engaged in what about re. But you have this situation where I was in Tala on Monday. You miss the away fans. Uh, in Daily Mount next month, you will now miss the away fans. There's been a bit of back and forth between clubs of not letting away fans in. I think, 
you know, even Shamrock Rovers at home to Derry and stuff, which is just completely unnecessary. I mean, what I mean, what do you make of it all? It just seems to me like, I mean, we all love a good Bowes Rovers scrap, but some of the stuff at border official level just seems to be getting a bit petty. It is, yeah, very much petty. And um, like this, it, it's so tit for tat. It really is. Like it's literally this, I, 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 I presume the seeds of this go back to the issues uh, in the game in the cup when Rovers had really, really legitimate grievances as, at the way that um, that game was stewarded, for yes. example, and some of the intimidation of their players, which we spoke about, was way out of order. So I think it's escalated from then. And what Bowes did, I, I think it's very, very petty. But like from my from my perspective, you know, I've heard that, you know, there were some unsavory sort of things that Bowes personnel maybe had to deal with going into the game in Tala um, that I don't really want to get into. But there's, there's a lot of bad blood there, Dan, and it, it's sad. It's quite pathetic, really. Like this... We should be bigger than this. Yeah, no. I mean, I think the, the problem with the debate is as well, Johnny, that once you go into it, you get a bit of what about it. It's like, well, this happened exactly. to us here and this happened to us there. And we're not saying that any of those things are right. Um, and we're not saying one is better than the other or anything like that. But I think what everyone can agree on is that, I mean, that derby is a terrific thing. When, when it's at its best, when two sets of fans are in the stadium. And I think maybe... Listen, totally. the, the, the Bowes Cup atmosphere was good because we'd had closed doors football and we were spoiled. But I think now, now we've got over that original hump of no fans being in the stadium to now we have fans. Now we're able to say, well, actually, do you know what? We need, you know, we need, uh, we, we need two sets of fans for these games. We've got the great well, news. Ian goal was, yeah, like yeah. It, was, it was so perfect for, for the celebration. For the away fans. There no yeah. fans there. And, and we've got the like, great the, news about, fairness. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know you. I know you were kind of slagging me a bit when when I was like trying to bring David Mac Williams to League of Ireland game, but like I had no the, issue with the, that the at all. Mac I just like the fact that uh, you met. I like the fact that you met him, and all of a sudden you were just. It's just like you're you're sort of a weird Pied Piper type figure, except it's economists that follow you, not I don't know children. I wouldn't say I wouldn't <laughs> say following, but um, like so the game the game that he went to was that Bowes Rovers game in in Tala where there were descendants off and all that, and was the seven thousand people at yeah. the game. Like the atmosphere that night was just like you could. Anywhere in the world, you'd be proud of that. Like, and it's much, much better for away fans. And it's sad. Like, this is this is pretty pathetic. And they should solve this. Like, it's it's not good for anyone. No, and listen, far too many empty seats in Tala on Monday. You know, for for a game like that, mm. it wasn't just all restrictions based. But listen, Johnny, I'll let you go. You probably have um, something better to do than than talk to me. I guess so. Well, uh, just 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 before we do go, obviously, the you, you chat about the, the I mean, the, the gap between like third and second last in the table. I think is ten points. Now. And yeah, it's kind of bonkers, but just what, what I'm thinking about is Jerry. Before we go down, the I think Rory Higgins, since he's come in, um, I think his record is 12 wins, seven draws, five defeats. They obviously beat Pats maybe fortuitously, but if Georgie Kelly were tinned up there with Patrick McElhenney, Michael Duffy, and Will Patching, bloody hell! Yeah, I as we've we've talked about this a couple of weeks back, I think. Um, I wouldn't rule out Pat's being a lot better next year, but you could see mm. you could see Derry being challengers because they have a bit of that. To be fair, but I mean both clubs have a bit of that Dundalk, uh, Dundalk dressing room in there, you know, and that's probably from from people from the Dundalk perspective, they're seeing their mentalities um, depart and be recreated at other clubs, and they may well be the two clubs that that push Rovers. I mean Rovers, if they win on Saturday. They could win the league on Friday week at home to Finn Harp. So we, we will discuss that next week when presumably you're back in Ireland or where, I mean, I don't know, are you off anywhere else? Greece, America, anywhere else, Costa Rica, or are you in Dublin next week? 
<laughs> um, I'm in Dublin next week. Uh, back for uh, the dead rubber of Cork, go United, and then into the playoffs. So, oh yeah, uh, well, we'll have a playoff special at some stage. We'll have a playoff special at some stage. All right, listen, mm. we've got two guests waiting, Johnny. So we're going to let you go. Yeah. All right. T- t- just tell Rossi I'm still waiting for that um, whiskey, by the way, because he. I'll knows, pass he it on. Reference. I'll pass it on. Okay. Cheers, Thanks, John. So I'm now joined in studio by Mark Rossiter and Killian Brennan. Mark, Johnny Ward just previously asked, just before you come on, where's his whiskey? Can you explain what this is about? He's gone to France, isn't he? So yeah. he's, he's, he's in wine country. Um, he, he looks like a blue wicked drinker anyway. So oh. I think whiskey I think whiskey be wasted on him, to be honest. Oh God, Johnny and a couple of blue wicked is a potent combination. He's, he's high for enough as it is. Um, so we've got two former teammates in. And just to explain how this came about, uh, I asked Mark to come in and then I said to you, Mark, um, is there anyone you'd like to bring in for a chat? And Killian's name came up. So why was that? Um, played with Killian for four or five years. Um, yeah. Felt like 20. <laughs> it did, yeah, absolutely. Um, and for the majority of the time that I played with Killian, I played left back and Killian was left wing. And I think in my whole career, partnership-wise, it was the easiest partnership for me ever um just give him the ball he's comfortable he talks to you he covers you if you're gone beyond he he was a he was a dream to play for for me so where did you play obviously bows bows yeah was that the four or five years or um it was four years actually under yeah. pat it was the yeah. four years um and then obviously it kind of split so three full-time one part-time and then it, it, it kind of went yeah yeah and underage you weren't is there an age difference there you weren't around I'm, Ireland I'm camps a lot and stuff. older than him you're a lot well, older you look a lot older boy, <laughs> it's only a year in it is that year or two um, um, yeah, I played. You you played a buzzer's age, so yeah. year yeah. eighty four age. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Killian, how are you keeping? Good, yeah, good. Can't uh, can't complain about life. Um, not watching as much football as I should, probably should be being on the show and having having to know Don't worry the ins and outs. That. So that's the reason why this ne- man's beside me here doing all the doggy walking. Listen, needing to know what's going on hasn't stopped any of us on the show, you know, for a long period of <laughs> Just time. Just blagging oh, it. I wouldn't be worried about that. <laughs> but you're out of the league, what, a couple of seasons now? Was it January 2019? You yeah, retired? January 2019, yeah. And are you missing it? I've been asked this question like plenty of times and um, I don't necessarily miss the Friday night games, but I do miss coming into walk coming into training, having the whole camaraderie and having a bit of crack with the lads, that's something that I really miss, yeah. Yeah. And what have you been doing with yourself since then? Just walking away, tipping away and um, have something in the pipeline really can't say much about it now with Neil um, Finn. Okay. So um, exciting times. So maybe um, closer to Christmas there, that'll come out. Um, But yeah, just keeping the head down and looking after the family and and taking time out. which is what I wanted to do when I did yeah. decide to retire. So just doing little things with families and like being able to collect the kids from school and all that kind of stuff is uh, something that I wanted to do. So that's 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 what I'm doing at the moment. So you can't tell us, but is it fair? Is it football related? It's football related. That's yeah. great. Yeah. 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 Because it, it's, a, it's a scary time. You've been through it, Mark, when you suddenly retire and you have that structure of your day-to-day training. Now you've been playing a bit of Amateur football still. Still playing in the Leinster Senior League, yeah. Yeah, so you're still you're still you still have that sense of structure. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still yeah. people talk about it as a quite a difficult time still. Like you have this thing, you know, you have your year mapped out from the first when the fixtures come out and you know where you're gonna be yeah. and all this. It's a scary thing giving up something that you've done for the last fifteen, twenty years. Um what am I gonna do in my life? Some lads go back, sometimes some some lads have things set up for themselves. Um regarding college university all that kind of stuff um if they want to do something but i've always wanted to kind of stay in football 
saying that I hadn't done my badges and and, mm. and haven't done my badges to this date. But um, that's probably something that I may look into down the line. But um, I just do want to take a step back and a bit of a breather from football because um, I'd be quite intense. But at the same time, I love playing football. I love staying fit. And it's something that I always see myself being involved in. Mm. What, so what was he like as a teammate then, Mark? Nah, he was run of the mill. He was great, like myself, himself. Anyway, we used to carpool as well because I lived in Bettystone. So Neil Fenn that was, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, you know, we, we used to travel to games and, and travel nearly every everywhere together. So it was, uh, we, we spent a lot of time together. So yeah. it was... You'd bought a house, hadn't you, down in Bettystown? So yeah. I was only around the corner. So, yeah. so it made was, sense to carpool in. And yeah. So yeah. it was, it was, it was handy. We got on, like I'm fairly laid back, Killian's laid back. Well, occasionally. Well, he's intense, is that, he yeah, says he's, too. So he, he's intense if in you're training wound, and stuff. And if, if he's wound up the wrong way, he can be, you yeah. know. I can um, go from zero to hundred real quick. <laughs> Do you know what like it was? In, in, in them particular times, it was very intense at bowls anyways. So he's come from an intense setup probably with Derry because they achieved a lot. And then with bowls, we achieved a lot as well in a short space of time. So, you know, even if you were laid back, everything was intense every day. Pat Fenlon was intense, yeah. but he had to be intense to drive the players to be intense. If and, you came in you know, on a Monday morning and you weren't intense and you weren't ready to go, and he and he seen that and you, you weren't going to play in a Friday night. Mm. It was just, it was so competitive, wasn't it? That yeah. it had to be intense. Yeah. Um, and I suppose competitive breeds success and that's what we pretty much were for like three or four or five years. Mm. How, how do you reflect on your time in the league now? If people say to you, well, you won three league titles, I think, am I, am I right? Yeah. You know, three league titles, but to be honest with you, I, I'd lost three of them. But the three that hurt, like I'd lost Derry. pretty much three on the last game of the season for the, the boy, the, the Bowes 2010 one. Yep. That was last goal game. Difference. Goal that was, difference. That was goal difference. The 2000 and five at Derry maybe six well 05 was the last day 05 last day against Cork so if we win that we win the league yeah Um, and there was another one in well, there, was, 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 well it was it was 2006 when Shells beat Derry again very tight on the year Derry won the Cups we, we played Cork away then, that last game of the season and Shells had played Bowles and yes. if Bowles got something out of that game and we beat Cork which we did 3-0 um, we'd have won the league as well I think Bowles went one up that night and um, looking back at it there now, was, was here he'd give away an absolute stonewaller right. to make it 2-0 to Bohemians. Is that the Stewie Byrne rant? That's yeah. the Stewie, yeah. Stewie Byrne rant, okay. yeah. yeah. So that's the three times. Um, so when I'm asked about three leagues, I I always respond that I should have more than three the leagues. The ones you didn't win. Yeah, the yeah. ones I didn't win. Like, And it's so, it is so close. Yeah. And even that Derry, like, that's, a, that's a treble winning season because we'd won the two cups as well that year. Mm. So... Mm. Derry didn't have him won the treble in a long time and that, that was something that we really wanted to achieve and we had an absolutely fantastic team um, that year but we slipped up against Waterford with five or six games to go and, and that, that was the kind of the, the blow because it was literally tiff or taff with us and Shells fantastic two fantastic teams going head to head yeah so like you, you moved around a lot during your career you made a lot of moves from, from club to club and mm. along the way you sort of had your you know your supporters in the crowd and your sort of critics in the crowd yeah. and um what was the happiest time of of your career if, if i was to say to you now you could go back into one dressing room for a day which one would that's you go a to? tough one that's a really tough one because i was a young lad at Derry, so i enjoyed my time up there with with the lads and we were winning things and things were good on and off the pitch um 
it really was a good time. And then I suppose going from a successful team like that into another successful team um, in Bowes, going into probably a more senior team, mm. lads that had won things, the Jay Bones, Crowies, um, all, all these kind of lads, Kevin Hunt. Um, that was more, I don't know, that was a different time in football then when it just felt like it was taken off. Um, wages were good. Um, we were in the year, the Celtic Tiger. All that kind of, every, everything seemed like it was just going to blossom until obviously it went bust. The crash, yeah. The crash yeah. happened in 2008. So that kind of all just went bang and things had changed. But um, like I've been in so many good change rooms. Like there hasn't been a bad change room. You can look at the Rovers thing and say, yeah, it didn't work out for me. Um, again, the change room that I was in with the with the Rovers lads, Stephen Royce's, all these lads that have won leagues and got to the the, the early part of the Europa. Um, successful teams, all successful teams, but I suppose if, if I was to tell you the happiest I was, it was probably when I went to Pats in 2013. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's where I felt most that I had, where I felt that a senior player and I, I could go out onto the pitch and do anything I wanted to do because of what Liam had, had, had made me feel like. So, um, I had good good lads around me there as well, Jared Bryan. All these lads have been successful as well. I've been lucky enough to play with some like fantastic players and been in fantastic teams. But um, I think the happiest overall would have been and the most enjoyable would have been that that change room. The Pats one, the yeah, Pats one, yeah, yeah. And you, you didn't overlap then though, Pats, did you? you no, you a bit of time. You got, no, you no, your brief stint there. I yeah. um, I think he came in the season after me. I tore my cruciate. Were you there with Marzi? No, no. Yeah, well, Marzi. At Marzi broke his leg that yeah, season. I was there that year. He done yeah. it there, yeah. So I done. I was there the year previous, and I yeah. tore my cruise shit, and I joined Dundalk. Dundalk. Mm. Did you win the league that year then? 2013, yeah. Yeah, so they beat us. So that's, yeah, that was the time. Yeah. You could tell they were the up and coming team though at the time. Dundalk, the Dundalk, yeah. Well, they went on to obviously win it the following year, five million years in a row. So <laughs> yeah, I was, I was only there for one of them. So uh, five of the next seven. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we are in a situation at the moment and it's sort of, I think you two guys are both placed to answer this quite well. And I know, I know Killian have been watching maybe a huge amount this year, but we have a situation at the moment where Shamrock Rovers are, are going to win back to back league titles. It's fair to say they're going to win back to back leagues. And I was thinking about it that I think they're going to be like the fifth back to back league winners, which is obviously the measure of you retain your title that's a proper thing to do. So you have the Shells team did it in the in the twenty first century. I'm talking about you had the Bowes team that did that. You had Shamrock Rovers 2010, 11 did that. Then Dundalk actually did it a couple of times. You know they won a three and then they took a gap and they won two. And now Rovers. What do you make of this current Rovers team, Mark, compared to maybe those ones I mentioned in there? Um, squad depth is ridiculous. Um, literally, you know the the point was made that they could change, you know, 11 players and bring on 11 and they're they're not any weaker in mm. doing so. Um, like I was at this, this LIGO game last week and, uh, you know, after 65 minutes, they brought on Chris McCann, Sean Hoare and Ferruja, you know, and you take Gano out of the back three, you put him wing back, Sean Hoare goes in, Chris McCann comes on for Dylan Watts. You know, like it's it's like for like, and you know, Chris McCann nearly set up his like his his use of the ball is unbelievable. So it was like he nearly set up a chance two minutes after coming yeah. on, doing a reverse pass that nobody seen, and he played in Mandrew, who, but in fairness to McGinty, he came out. But it's like they just seem so strong, 
that even though like Pats are up and coming and Sligo had a great start to the season and they've fallen away a bit, Dundalk still look like the only team that could challenge them. Um, mm. if, if they can get things right, they still have a very strong team. But next season, obviously, they've lost Duffy and uh, Fats is going as well. So, look, it'll be an interesting off-season, but I, I don't think with the structures that they've put in place and the young players coming through and like the sold scales and stuff like that financially they seem like they're they're going to be there for a while but that squad depth but in terms of levels maybe compared to some of the teams i've mentioned there do you think they've got there yet no 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 but i think with some of their players they still have another gear but i think they'll only reach that gear if there's somebody to challenge them yeah because like in europe irish teams are being challenged all the time so they can raise their game but how do you raise your game when you're playing against weaker opposition all the time? Mm. It's very weak. Just doesn't seem like there's anything out of the pack that that can touch them. Um, the dog, yeah. the dog, depending on what's going to going to happen there in the off season, who they're going to get rid of, who they're going to bring in is going to matter massively next year. But um, look, they've lost them. Um, they lost Jack Bowen to the start of the season. I think said it to Rossi before we come in here. I think if they have Jack Bowen this year, they win the league with twenty points. Yeah, no, it does feel that way. Like yeah. it doesn't and. Yes, some of the clubs that are okay in Europe and Bows on a given day seem like they can be very good. Yeah. But there's no there's no title race. We had Declan McBennett in a couple of weeks back talking about the RTE sport head, talking about the lack of a title race. And it is sort of true. It does feel sort of flat that you're getting to this stage of the season and there's a great race for Europe ongoing, but there's yeah. just nothing going on at the top it, end. I'll go back to know? the Dundalk thing, 14 and 15. Didn't look like there was anyone going to touch them. Um, and then obviously Cork came in and, and put a bit of a dent in it but then they went on and won one another two leagues and then umpteen amount of cups as well there was, there was no one to, there was no one there to, to challenge um, Dundalk and um, that was obviously from doing so well in Europe and being able to pick players from different teams and all that kind of stuff and that comes with being successful but um, yeah I just worry for the league that Rovers will just do something similar to what Dundalk have done Really, they'll yeah. just they'll, they'll bash away with it. Yeah, of those so. teams I mentioned there, the the teams that retained leagues, who who I know you you were involved with one of them. Yeah. So, who st- who stands out for you from your time from those teams I mentioned, the back to back winners? As in player wise, as yeah, well, in well, like just, I mean, who do you think? I, it's a very simple question. Who do you think was the best team? But I mean, like, was it a case of of the ones you didn't play for, who did you fear playing against the most? I'm talking about that Shell side. I'm talking about Rovers, the Michael O'Neill Rovers team yeah. and Dundalk. Which would you... And then obviously, you're a bit biased obviously on your own Bowes yeah. team because the record points total and all of that. Yeah, I just think that any of the successful teams that I played in the Derries, when we, we used to revel coming... Like, we used to love playing against Shells. We used to love... We used to talk that they'd, that they'd crawl inside themselves when we, when we played them. And we used to always come out on top against them. Um Again, the big Derby games, Bowes, Rovers, um, they were always roll your sleeves up, no matter what quality you're playing with or against, it was always roll your sleeves up um, and, and get the job done. Um, like They're all cup finals, really. Them games are cup finals. You come out with them after winning the Friday night, you're going home with a smile on your face, mm. knowing that the fans are going to love you for a week anyway. And um, I suppose um, look, there was no one ever feared in the teams I played, being honest. Yeah. And maybe that's a boys thing, maybe that's just... The way I am, that I never kind of feared anyone. But uh, it was probably yeah. a Stephen Kenny thing with the Derry lads because you've yeah. young lads and he coached them to be don't fear them, you know, yeah. like like say because you were young, so you're around your age. You would have had Derry and yeah. and Rory Higgins, Higgins and stuff like Garrett that. Garrett McGlynn, all these. I think the cross the back four there we played Gothenburg team and myself, Kevin, 
Rory and Garrett we were 19 20 that that middle four against Gothenburg in the in the European game so just it's kudos to Stephen Kenny being able to yeah put four young lads in in such a massive game yeah do you um do you regret any of the moves you made like because there was because listen the league is a you have to be selfish in the league, right? Yeah. It's a short career. We all know it. Everyone knows the reality of it. No yeah. one, never on this show do we take a sort of a getting a high horse about people going for a better offer somewhere. Yeah, of course. But do you regret any of the ones that you made that, or did you feel you had no option, particularly after the crash, as you mentioned, which sort yeah. of was an uncertain so, time for a lot of players. In it's the an uncertain time and you do, you do make um, decisions um, and certainly I think maybe I made one wrong decision um, over the course um, of my career. And that would probably be going back to Rawls for a second time. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, yeah. probably probably that is the one that kind of stands out in me. But the reason mostly i done that was because of Pat Fennan and the relationship that I had with him. Um, and look, I wasn't, wasn't to walk out the pack got sacked six, seven months into the job or wherever it was. And... and uh, that that's one maybe that just stuck out. But other than that, everywhere I've went, I've been quite successful and had a good and had a, had a good time and had good relationships. Relationships. Mm. Um, like Stephen Kenny assigned me twice, Liam assigned me twice, and um, Nutty assigned me twice over the years. So um, yeah, look, I've that's probably the only one. The Rovers, yeah. the Rovers, second time. The second time. What about yeah. Rovers twenty twelve? Because that's such a such an iconic year now in a way because like Stephen Kenny is now the Ireland manager yeah yeah that was probably and it's I've spoken to him about this and he would say probably one of his the toughest years of his life and you, and, you know and, and that was a big decision for me to go there because I'd, I was at Bowes at the time mm. so obviously you know the connection between Bowes yes. and Rovers it's not it's frowned upon let's just say um but Ross, you know the character I am. If I want to do something, yeah. I'll, I'll just do it. Yeah. The void between north and south mm. of Dublin is not going to stop me from doing what I wanted to it's do. It's not going to bother a draw yeah. the lad. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. But <laughs> no, but the gas thing I, is, like, like, I was at Pats at that time and I was curious to see, and I was on the bench on that particular night uh, for Pats against that. And I've never even asked Killian this myself, but well, that game, no, but that game where we played, he was playing left back and yeah. Chris Forrester scored two wonder goals. Let's yeah. say you didn't do anything wrong. You showed no, him his I, I, I got thrown under the bus for it because I, he, he kind of came, came from that direction. But uh, yeah. Um, but, but the thing was like on that particular night, it was five one. And I'm not saying that anything was expected from Pats. Like you had Greg Bulger, James Chambers. There was good players in that Pats team. But that particular night, like I'd say if Brendan Clark had hit a shot, it would have went in. Do you know? It it, says a lot we're playing with the shackles off as well. Because it felt like we were playing with so much pressure on us and we had, looking on paper, we probably had better players. You did. Right. And they were after doing so well in in, in the season before. The pressure that built up there from the Rovers fans was evident to see not just in that game, yeah. but in previous games. And then when you're going into a game that you feel like you have to win, then you're playing with steel toe caps on. Yeah. Mm. But the whole theory was that maybe some of the players that had been successful before under Michael just didn't take to Stephen for whatever reason. They probably didn't. And they probably rested on the laurels. The fact that they thought that they were going to qualify for Europe every year. Mm. Maybe, they, maybe that was a mentality from, from some of the players. Mm. But um, and certainly it wasn't a mentality for me. But. And, and it's probably one of them things as well where a manager comes in. You know, players can move to teams and it doesn't work out for them. It doesn't mean that they're a bad player. They just don't fit in the system or something. And maybe Stephen 
going to that group of Rovers lads that more or less were Michael O'Neill's team. Yeah, to be the, fair, to be fair to Stephen, he's come in there and the club have signed like sixteen of the players, sixteen or so players that yeah. have done so well previous, which I suppose is all right. But when you're bringing the caliber of a manager in, Stephen, and he wants to be able to spend money to bring his own players in, and he's only able to bring two or three players in, then that could that could be a recipe for disaster, and it was for him. Mm. Are you surprised that he's bounced back from it in the way that he did? Like he's now no. Ireland manager. Yeah. You know, yeah. like when you consider, I remember the, the last days at Rovers and how low he was. Yeah. Steve, I mean, Stephen lets it get like the better of him because he wants to win and he feels like if he lets someone down. But now, like, as you say, he's the Ireland manager. He has the weight of the nation on his shoulders. And yes, they haven't done as well as we'd all like them to be doing, but he seems to have torn a corner there and. Look, I have a great relationship with Stephen and I hope he does really well. Um, he's a great guy. Um, but you could ask me a question, like maybe did I think he was ever going to be the Ireland manager? I probably would have said no. No, and that's an, that's an honest answer, yeah. you know. And is it a bit mad for you then to know him as well as you do? And mm. all of a sudden you might have friends who wouldn't necessarily maybe follow the league. And now they're probably all having opinions on him now too. And, yeah. and you're there going, I know this guy, I but, know him. He probably evolved since the time that he's managed me, the last time in 2012. Like, that's nine years later. He's probably evolved. He's probably learned from his mistakes. He clearly has learned from mistakes and he's gone on to do, like, unbelievable things at Dundalk. Um, and, look, why not give him a chance? I am shocked, but... You're shocked, yeah. I'm shocked that he is the Oil manager, to be honest, and, and, and that he did give, him, give it to him. Um, but, like, I've been shocked about many things in my life. Um... Um, I just wish him all the best. I hope he can tone around yeah. um, because he does deserve to tone around. And to be fair, there's one thing with Stephen, like he get in your mind, like he's like, he's a psychologist. If you he, buy into him, like, yeah, you, you've got a chance. Yeah. You know, um, at the minute you see he can't do right for doing wrong. You know, the win, the win against Qatar, let's say, and he comes out and goes, we've, you know, we've only lost one and seven. Yeah. And then Diddy Haman's having a pop at him. Yeah. So it's like, no matter what way he plays, if, you know, you, you get the stigma thrown at you that you say, oh, yeah, you know, because you come from the League of Ireland, let's say that you're going to promote him because you need him to be successful to show that the league is successful. But, like, long and short of it is he, he's trying to reinvent something that should have been done 30 years ago. Yeah. And, and you know, you're behind the eight ball straight away. So he's trying. So just give him a chance and let's see where you are in two years' time. Like, yeah. he, you know... You, you see the commentators they're panicking when they're looking to play out from the back like you know geez. it's a results business at the end of the day especially at the highest level it, it's it doesn't matter if you don't play well as long as you get out of there with your 1-0 that is international football mm. if we're to say we haven't got the players to do that and we're reverting back to what you said Rossi it should have been done 20 years ago mm. and and he's starting off there and the people that are employing him don't see that then he's going to get the sack. But if they do see it, we have to see benefits of it. We won't see benefits of it, of it no. in two or three years' time. Mm. It's going to be a slow-burning thing. And if the public don't see that, I think, well, from what I've seen online, he has, has loads of backing. He's absolutely loads yeah. of backing because it's like, who do we get in? Yeah. Do we go back to Michael, uh, Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane and... Yeah, we've done well with them. We got results business with them, and we still went happy. Yeah, <laughs> we no, still went happy, and he got and he got the sack over. And there's no young players coming through. Stephen's trying to implement the philosophy, and you know he done that with the twenty ones, and everybody is like, oh, oh my god, this is unbelievable! An Irish team playing football and getting results. 
but they're still kids. They haven't been pigeonholed within a club where they're not, say, getting game time. They're not doing this, 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 this. And now you've got lads now that are like Adam Eda. You know, you've got a, I'm going to say a target man, but he's much more than that. He's, he's, he looks different since he came back from, from his injury. Um, you know, he done really well with the 21. So the likes of Malumbi and these boys getting a chance and blooding them into the team because it's a completely different animal, international football at that level to 21s. But give them a chance. Mm. Yeah. Step up's huge. Yeah. From 21s to senior internationals. Absolutely like. Yeah. And it, does seem, and it does seem from everything we've heard about Stephen, like it takes time to get to know aspects that you say he's a psychologist. Yeah. It takes time to get to know aspects of his character. And I think if players are seeing him for maybe four days or five days or six days once a month or, you know, or six times a year, and obviously yeah. there's a squad of 20 something, so he might only spend. X yeah. amount of minutes. Whereas I'm guessing all the stories I hear of Stephen, he was probably spending time trying to work on you. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly when he probably came first. I'm thinking you came, you came home and had you, yeah. had you been to Dublin City before Derry? I or? was Dublin City and then he'd signed me. So I was, I'd signed a year and a half. So I've played the next half of the year just part-time. So I travelled up and down with the lads, Daisy Brennan, Clive Delaney, Kieran Martin. So we were carpooling up and down at the time and we'd stay over on the toast. Interesting time, I'd say, wasn't it? Yeah, crazy, crazy times. But I had turned 21 before I had meant to go back pre-season. I'm um, 21st of January. So like he has us in February the 4th and I've just gone, I've gone out for my 21st and it's like, I'm not going pre-season. <laughs> you know, like I'm back living with my mum. I'm having a great time. And um, Stephen's like, why, why weren't you at training today? Like, and I'm just going, uh, I was my 24th last night. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm out with the lads or whatever kind of be. And then when I thought about it, I was at to come back from England from, from being homesick. And because I was back home, I was, I just, I didn't want to leave to go to Derry because I, I committed to going full time the, the year later. Yeah. So I had to go up and look for places and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, Look, oh, I'm not. I'm not signing. I'm not. I'm not like following through with the contract. And he's like, he couldn't believe it. He actually couldn't believe it. So he actually sounded heartbroken on the phone. Like it was like it was saying something to my dad. Like you know, I'd say there was a lot of it, silences. Yeah. There. The, well, look, <laughs> look. I looked at my phone and it was yeah, only a two minute conversation, but it was twenty minutes long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's gone. Um, I think he's just left me a week to like kind of reflect. Or I don't know. Get over me. Hang over. <laughs> <laughs> But he says, um, we done pre-season Galway that year. And he says, look, come down um, and see how we get on. And then ever since then, I was, well, ever since, well, the three or four years, he got me to stay at Derry. Yeah. Um, like, I can understand why, why lads run through brick walls from, like, he does put, he is the kind of only manager that would nearly put the hand around you, even though no, I wouldn't necessarily have being one of them lads that needed the hand around them. Did you not? No. no, no. I was able to get on with things, but there is lads out there that do need a good hug every now and again, don't they? And more so uh, now than yeah. Than well, more so now because of the times. Like times have changed, but mm. um, that's why I, I, I kind of say, and I see Stephen, and I kind of saying to myself, he's not going to get on with that senior player. He's not going to get on with that X, X, Y, and Z senior player. But as in the lads that know him and the lads that like McLean's and all that know. That's, that's his access, I think, because McLean's a yeah. senior player now. Mm. So maybe like that kind of helped him that like, he has managed him. He took he brought him, him through under his wing. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, then, and that's just stands to it as well. Yeah. So how different were dressing rooms when you left then in 2019 compared to those ones you were in in 2003, 2002, 2003? You just, well, 2003, you're going back. So it's like, it's, just more, it's just more old school, isn't it? It's just anything goes really like you, like you, 
you hear about all the stories of the English lads t- talking about cutting up socks and cutting up jocks and you you name it like that that happened all that all happened come on come I, on, I, I come think, give us something here do you know lads. what it was I think when Kelowna signed for us I think it was the first time I seen a hair dryer in a dressing room <laughs> he did have yeah. a beautiful mop of hair but I think all the lads were looking at him going the hell is this like bringing it he brought his own hair dryer in every Can't day imagine Owen Heary looking at a hair dryer coming in and being particularly I'm, I'm surprised that Owen Heary didn't cut the wire to be honest yeah. <laughs> um, no so that was like that would have been the start of the change for me but that was a chap who came from from Lithuania let's say um it was interesting I'm fairly sure now there's probably hair straighteners in the dressing rooms yeah, you know yeah. um but what about for you like Killian at the end how different was it from the start a lot of lads to be honest with you when at the end i well, it was in um, the pa- it was Pat's change room, so there was still a lot of senior players. Conor Kenna, Jared yeah. Bryan still playing, Brendan Clark, Ian Birmingham. So they had kind of came the whole way through him as well. So by that stage, it, there was no crack left nearly. Do you know what I mean? We were kind of bleeding the young lads in, and it, it was it was so hard sometimes. It was like pulling hair out with with so many young lads because you just kind of want to give them a little dig because because that's what I would have got up in Derry if I wasn't in training did anyone give you a dig when you were younger in training oh, I had a few we had a few, a few times there like at, when I pats uh, there was a few clatters every now and again was, was there anyone opposed there we Ah, there was there was, there was one or two I remember Eddie McCallion and uh, Alan Murphy they went to digs um, above Derry and uh, that was something simple as in we'd, we were playing five aside games and Alan Murphy was behind Eddie McCallan and he was telling him to go right and he was going left because his left was on his right because he was the opposite <laughs> way around and the two of them ended up absolutely killing each other because they didn't know the right and the left yeah. and Stephen Kenny had stunned in between them and there was a few there was a few uh, moments there but not that nothing that kind of pops off my head that like before before Killian signed so the year when Sean Connors you would have had Jay McGuinness and Desi Byrne in the dressing room um, and Sean Connor of course um, yeah there was there was a couple on on Harry and Bisto um, yeah Bisto just mounting out of him or whatever oh. no digs thrown yeah but Harry just had him pinned on the ground and had one ready to go yeah. Yeah. never never let go he just he more or less was there Owen wouldn't throw a dig unless somebody threw a dig at him first Mm. There was, um, there was but, one but below in Sligo actually when we got beaten in the semi final. Joe and Joe and Owen. Joe. We win. The, Joey we, and Joe. We yeah. win we the showgrounds at half 12, I think it was. <laughs> the lights were gone off at like half 10. We were after having our showers. Or we hadn't even got showers. And we'd sat there. You'd lost the cup semi final. We'd yeah. lost the cup semi final and the two lads went out. It was good. Mm. Good hour. Just back and forth insults. And, yeah. And just sometimes that happened. Very rare it happened. But, um, Again, Joe wanted to win, and and uh, and I wanted to win. Mm. And like sometimes when you when, when there is a loss like that, you're hoarding, and maybe you're better off parking until the Monday. Sometimes, but sometimes there's nothing wrong with getting stuff off your chest as well. That's going to help. Mm. And um, the, and the gas thing is like that's the first time I've heard that spoke about since. Yeah. So it's like it happens in the dressing room and it never goes any further. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like can, twelve years later now. And, yeah. and, and yeah. I can yeah. and I can remember and it's like once you go outside, Joe and Owen will be, you know, getting off yeah. the bus and they'll still like, you know, have a probably have a chat and yeah. say whatever. And I can remember getting onto the bus because we went across the centre just to get a cup of coffee for the way home or whatever it was. And you get back on and Joe's doing the same thing, he's reading his Bible as he yeah. as he you know, that's what he do and you know, look he was at praying on didn't get his hands on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was just that it was just that time that it was like everybody wanted to win, and you know nobody went out to go and make mistakes. Nobody wanted. Everybody wanted to achieve the same goal, but sometimes things don't happen on nights, and you know frustrations boil over, and 
and we did we did say that as well that's something that lacks i think in this this era of football is that the lack of characters i feel in the league now at the moment is like i know i haven't been in and around but I just find the lack of characters um, in, play, in and around some teams. Yeah, well, me and Killian com- were compared talking. to yeah when we were talking have. as we were coming in, Gary Deegan out of Drada's team, they're a shadow of a team from an intense point of view. Greg Bulger out of Sligo's team, yeah. you know. So the dark minus Chris Shields would be another. There, there, Sally's man as well, and as well, like, we were saying about Jack Bourne. He got like he he's at Rovers this year. They win the league. The league's over a month ago, and he's a different type of talisman. These boys are hardened them three that we named Jack Byrne is a beautiful footballer who controls it it's not that I'd imagine if he tackled somebody it'd be like Paul Scholes it could be a red card you know but he he plays at such a level that it's probably like you know, all the others want to impress him, let's yeah. say, in, in he's years He's probably getting past. an extra 10% out of his teammates. Just because yeah. he's on the pitch. Yeah. And, yeah. and and probably 10% less off other teams because they know Jack Byrne is That's on the, the same pitch, with you know? Greg though. With Bulger. He's, drag- he's yeah. dragging lads through. Yeah. Lads that aren't having good games. Yeah. You would have experienced that at Pats. For, yeah, yeah. For yeah, Byrne. but he's a good player. Look, he's, he's been successful everywhere he's been as well. So you have to look at these players everywhere they go and look, and look successful. You have to like sit up and notice these lads. So you speak about characters and stuff. You possibly if I was trying to think of the last decade of players I, I know who like got probably the most stick from supporters yeah. you'd definitely be high up the list yeah right? top be, I think I would be yeah. top. top I think I would be I think, did you enjoy that or did you, was there times where you were like loved it ah, loved it I can remember like doing interviews before games and saying like we're playing Drada right and like I'm going to get abused yeah I know everything that like I've yeah I've been I've played against them f- like forty times in the last like four years like you know what I mean I know what I'm going to get and like he uh, Marcus Cavaroli from Drawder Independent rings me up and he's like are you worried about what no I'm not worried about it I actually can't wait for it to happen because if I'm getting stick on a Friday night then they're giving me stick for a reason you used to thrive off it yeah but absolutely Mark you did thrive off it do, do, there's a lot did. of lads that would go into their shell but I don't understand like. I, I knew that Killian had three brothers. I didn't know he had a sister till I heard the draw the fans singing about her. <laughs> <laughs> so that who was ta- it. Who are like, talking about? Ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> who are you singing about? Ah, it doesn't matter. So yeah, like it, it was, I used to love I'm going to Drada. I'm glad you went there with the sister. I'm oh, glad you went so there funny. with the sister chance. You're right. made here. So, so cut that, funny. cut that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so funny though, because you'd be there, you'd, you're hearing it. And it was like, you know, I would have, uh, the first uh, first Bulls Rovers game I would have I would have played they were giving jocks or awful stick jocks yeah. was on the right wing and it was just in, they were just going, County, yeah. yeah they were just going like jocks like yeah. that <laughs> yeah the whole way up until like, like it was like the Icelandic clap <laughs> it was like wasn't it and, and jocks was like head, losing the block jocks his head is gone he's like yeah. that going he goes they're singing songs about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're singing songs <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. But yeah, that that's was... a good if you tell Joxa that was a good thing he would actually have believed that's a good thing Joxa <laughs> that is a really good thing like they know who you are yeah oh, it was so funny but, you, but basically what you're saying is you actually sort of relished yeah. it and, yeah. you weren't, and in fairness you know I can think of a couple of celebrations and stuff you yeah. weren't afraid to, to no. rub it in I was, wasn't afraid to rub it in absolutely not like if you can give it like you have take to it take voice it. of air so. yeah yeah absolutely. Um, like I know I've taken it more than I think most so um yeah, it used to drive me. It used to drive me on. I used to get me an extra 10 percent. But then sometimes I'd lose the plot, wouldn't I? And whatever the manager be, whether it be Stephen or Nutsy, he'd be like, like they'd be probably thinking of taking me off sometimes. Yeah. Is there anything that spring any incident that springs to mind with that where you just maybe you lost? I was always clever. I was always clever enough to know if I got a yellow card, then I didn't have to like didn't have to go mad. 
there was a one there was once uh and this was really like immature of me at, at the time 2014 i was senior player playing for pats and i'm playing finn harps and i know straight away that they're coming for me like i know like from the like the force whistle I get I get smashed right this is players on the pitch you're talking about you get, this yeah. is the Finn Harps lads obviously trying to buoy me up because I don't know they think that I have like a thing for getting sent off there's not many red cards that I got over the years anyway but uh, it was probably just was for a, a tackle more so than anything yeah but I just felt like they were winding me up there was three or four of them around me early doors in the game and that as well but I had got yellow and this was early enough in the game and we were winning the game quite comfortably actually at the time and uh like Keith Fatty's telling me, look, just calm down. Look, you're gonna you're gonna miss the the final if you keep on doing what you're doing. And I, and I'm going to say to myself, he's right, but I actually couldn't help myself, <laughs> and I end up smashing the lad right. And I, I I was just lucky enough that I got away with. It. I was lucky enough. I actually shouldered him when he was over me. He kind of stood on me boot mm-hmm. as I was hitting a free kick, and he kind of stood on me. And I've gave him. I think it was Garrett Harkin, and I gave him a shoulder. And to be fair, the ref had the right to give me at least give me a yellow card, and I'm gone for the final. And I'm saying to myself, in hindsight, I'm going to myself, that's You're silly. that close. That's silly. That is really silly. And Fats is absolutely 100% right to try to calm me down. But sometimes when players try to calm you down as well, I'd be, oh, F off you. <laughs> F off you. Just play your own game kind of way, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I, I the, the red mist did come down a few times with me. And um, certainly in 2014, um, I'm a senior player, so that shouldn't really be happening. Yeah. You know, it happened a few times in Derry. Got sent off in a cup final for and Harry off the line um, we did go on to win that in penalties luckily, luckily enough but uh, the red mist had come with him and I'd say everybody was on a knife edge but him he's grand like in this day and age he'd be like he'd be mounting at refs he'd be mounting at everybody and everybody thinks oh he's a ticking time bomb Yeah, but he'd never like you know, there'd be a tackle there to be won. He wouldn't go to you'd the be worried. You'd be worried. Or you'd, I know, you'd he'd, well, I knew him long enough at this yeah. stage to go, nah, nah, he's, he's in control, leave him alone. He's, there he's, was a few lads over, over the years where, where I'm kind of saying to myself, like, Tommy Bourne comes to mind. <laughs> no, Tommy Bourne. Right, and like Padge Flynn and all these, yeah. like, all these lads like that imitate Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> so, like, I was, never, I was never on that scale because I knew when to draw the line most, most of the times, 99% of the times. Mm. But um, Pat Flynn didn't. Pat Flynn, absolutely. <laughs> he's probably still doesn't know how to draw the line. Like Tommy Bourne being the same. Yeah. Just, just with certain lads that jocks are and all these lads. You know, like we were talking about with dubs. Where we bring the dumb, the dubs up. Like does mm-hmm. like they're just mad. Aren't they? They're just <laughs> mad. Like yeah. I'm mean, talking about Quigo and Bisto and yeah, all the lads from town there. Like they're all. <laughs> something wrong with them man, didn't they? you get 10 minutes outside of town to get a nose yeah oh, you know? something wrong with them we were trying to meet up the lads for a drink over Christmas and we're going where are we go oh we go into town say, can, we, can, can we just go out of town like, can we, like where co- I'm coming into town and we're talking about Greg coming up from the, can we just like go to Carrick and Shannon or something no no go town that's where it is that's where it is <laughs> so these lads don't want to go anywhere else like yeah it's interesting um how come you never so I know you played for Drada later in your career yeah but how come like there was there was a time where Drada were top of the top of the tree. How come you never ended up playing there? Like it, it seems like an obvious thing you would expect. Yeah, uh, we did have Paul Doolan on last week, so I yeah, don't know. Well, was there I, ever I, discussions there? There was discussions with Paul um, at my final year, two thousand seven at Derry. But um, and I'd wanted to come home as well. I'd actually I bought a house, so I'd, I'd I'd want to come home. And to be fair, I met Paul a couple of times, and uh, I just wasn't feeling it. Mm. That's just the the be on. No, I wanted to play for my home team. Home team always wanted. That's that's the reason why I ended up. I did in the end. Yeah, it didn't work out because of, because of injury. But um, 
Yeah, there was a time there um, that I did want to, and they were after winning the league in 2007. So they were looking to strengthen, but they had like 25 lads on the books and it ended up going, ended up going bust. Yeah. In the end, I ended up going bust like four or five months later. So yeah. that, that was a, a probably good decision and went on to they won the league went that back year to, with back Bowles, to back so. with Bowles and won the double that year with Bowles. Yeah. Was was Drada the worst grief you got as a ground though? Was that the worst or would there have been other places? No, I didn't like I honestly didn't get it didn't feel that bad. Mm. Um at Rada. It didn't feel that bad, to be honest. With you. And did you ever get do you know where you get abuse in the ground? Did you ever get much off the park though? You know, social media little, stuff like that. Yeah, a tiny bit, a little bit. I had to get myself off Twitter. I was getting myself in trouble, like so. <laughs> Um, still off Twitter to this day. I just didn't need stuff like that raring its you were head. Get, who were you getting involved with on Twitter? Was yeah, it was it? mostly Rovers fans. Yeah, that's but what the, I was the thinking. The Dog fan as well. When the Dog started like, winning a few games, like there was lads coming out of the woodwork like, from Very 1978. Like, <laughs> 1978, like Tullock O'Connor like, era. And I'm just going like, oh, there you are. <laughs> like, you know, like, after, after winning the league and then getting a bit of stick. But I can give it and take it. But sometimes it, it's not reciprocated. So, yeah, um, yeah look, I didn't feel that bad in Drawl. I felt like, obviously, them grounds are on you as well. Uh, They're the best but grounds. I, I did get plenty of stick from the Rawls fans, especially when I, when I went from, like, when I was only getting one-year deals, going from Pats to Rovers, Rovers to Pats. I did get a lot of stick. That last year, um, mm. that last year, I think, it drove me into retirement. But you sort of have to look after yourself. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's the nature of it in this that's league, unfortunately. Be, like, yeah. you know, loyalty well, is overrated, you know? Well, like I said, at, the, at them times... There was no three and four year deals getting given out at the time when I was in my early thirties, like, and rightly so. Um, but at the same time, if you're only getting one years here and one years there, like, there's no stability, like, and there's certainly like you don't owe anyone anything. Like, you go to play football, to play for whatever team you play for, to stay happy, to play, to mm-hmm. do what you wanted to do, to do what I always wanted to do. And like I said, everything was secondary. I didn't. I didn't think about I'm, I'm hurting this fella's feelings or these are going to not like me because of this. I just, I done it because I wanted to do it. That's, mm. that was just, that was just it. I mean, and to this day, I still, I, look, oh, that's, that's how I am as a person. I think everyone should probably Club. take a leaf out of my book and not having to worry about anything else. Clubs will always preach loyalty while you're an asset to a club. Absolutely. You know, as soon as you're a liability in their eyes, they're, they're quick enough to, to send you on your way. So, you know, loyalty is a two-way street. Let's mm. say if if they want Killian, let's say to be loyal to them, give him a three-year deal. Yeah, you yeah. know. But but um, then the times didn't. Nah, they didn't. They like didn't you know, like yeah. like everyone was on like similar money at the time when when Rovers had won the league in 2012. It was all like times had changed, and the, the league was trying to get itself back on its feet after the bust. So and it's still probably not structurally stable enough for you know three and four-year deals. No, well, but. At least there's a massive gap there with Dundalk and Rose. Yeah, wage wise from from their from their end, they're going to need to, especially with some of the young players, because if they want to command a transfer fee, because English clubs are looking at players now. So you know, I'm not saying that they're going to be forced into it structurally. Not saying Dundalk, but Rovers will definitely be. Well, they yeah. don't. Bowes don't you need know. the money now, so they're not even giving up tickets to Rose. <laughs> What's going on there, like? <laughs> I, I, we would have took money off anyone to get let them in the, ga- let them in the gates when I was playing. Well, yeah, the Rovers <laughs> Bowes. We spoke about it a small bit earlier before you come on, but this is like the Rovers Bowes rivalry. It seems to be stronger in the boardroom now than it is between some of the players. Yeah, it feels yeah. it feels like that. You know, it feels like yeah. it's gone that way. Killian won't have seen it on Twitter, but I was just like sitting there with a bag of popcorn watching it, thinking, "Oh, it's, it's kicking it's off." Getting, was it's it? getting a bit childish, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, 
Mm. You know, like I, I, I don't. They've obviously started it, and they've just, you know, followed suit. It, but it's, it's, it's followed up that the the Neffet have, have opened up. <laughs> they must have someone on the board up at Rovers, isn't Is that what it is? And you just got hundred percent. Everyone in hundred hundred percent capacity. That could have been that could have been your tweet if you were still on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I would get myself back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean the fact as well. You, you did have the brothers as well to come along after you. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that sort of, I mean, Ryan is still doing his thing now. Like, is there still a sort of source of pride that you all, you all did actually get to League of Ireland level? Like four brothers, it, that's, that's pretty rare. And although the Horgans, Daryl Horgan's family yeah. are actually quite similar. I think, all, of them. I think they've all played, when well, four of them have played League of Ireland level, there's Christopher is the other one as well. It's Kevin, Christopher, Colm and Daryl. So okay. there's actually four brothers have played. Yeah. So it has been done after you, but it's still yeah. something... Do they um, have a sister yeah. that was mentioned in it? Yeah. No. Please tell me she, they have a sister. <laughs> I don't think I don't think those lads wound up fans maybe in the way yeah. that you did. No, yeah, fair. absolutely. We used to, like, and I think sometimes like I like if it was me getting stick on a Friday, sometimes they, they think they have to give it to all the Brennans. Or it was Gavin getting stick on a Friday playing for draw that I had to give it to all the Brennans or something. It was something along the lines of that. Like we're not all the same person. We're all playing for different teams all this kind of stuff that just went over my head and like we're all kind of like nothing bothers us so like are you all similar personalities that way unless you cross a line if the lines cross then you know I would have said that Gavin was probably the biggest lunatic yeah Gavin's a a lunatic like he is he was on Twitter for yeah like you know but that's me and I was getting stick because Gavin was whatever he was saying (laughs) and then like I'm playing for Rovers at the time Gavin's after leave and Brad's coming to me and saying like what's nothing to do with me Gavin's my brother he's my blood but it's not me saying it he was dropping hand grenades on tri- yeah, Twitter like about a, your current manager. Yeah, basically. absolutely yeah. talking crap, to be honest <laughs> with you. Right? So, but it got a reaction. But it got a reaction. Mm-hmm. And then, sure, look, we're all bad guys then because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I spoke to Brad's and that was another thing where we, we, like, we ended up shaking hands and walking away. But um, yeah, it's just sometimes <laughs> social media, that's the influence it has. Us Brendan shouldn't be allowed on social media. But you must have been killing each other when you were kids if you have that yeah. sort of, if you all have that mentality to some degree. Yeah, like, like Ryan's still doing it. Um, Sean was doing it up until la- last year and, and to, be, to be honest with you, I could be still doing it but just kind of fell out in love with the game. Um, but Ryan's like, he's had like, a like, like I said, Ryan's like too good for the fourth division. Yeah. He's, he's too good for the fourth division. He shouldn't be playing in the fourth division. So why he's playing there, I don't know. Um, but like they're a decent club aren't they Shells and they, they, they could be an up and coming team they could be an up and coming team absolutely so. like you know when you look at them and you look at I suppose Longford in the playoff Shells shouldn't have lost no you know no. but um, a one off game exactly happen, you know, absolutely absolutely yeah. and yeah. it could be the same like say for example if somebody comes comes up against Treaty let's say yeah, you know it's it's a banana skin. Yeah, um, so it's it's huge for the Premier teams, like because everybody will say, "Oh, they're too strong." Like say, it's, uh, Waterford are in that position at the minute, and they're probably in the form guide second, probably in the league, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's, th- it's down to a game, absolutely. It's yeah. down to a cup any, final. Any, anything can happen. Anyone can, um, anyone can win a cup final. Yeah, but Shells have just obviously cemented it. They've they've got a decent squad and they've got a squad that'll go up and lo- you know on paper should stay up. Yeah, no, they've say. they've yeah. they've gone to another, well. It seems like they might be going to a more serious level next year. Yeah, sort of. I, I, there was a suggestion they might go full time. Not sure if that's technically true, but I think they're going to go a little bit with more the back of, with the back of money serious. there. Then they seem they have like, people they, there. They mean business. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, you're going to go to the cup semi final on Friday. You're going to you're yeah. going back to Pats. I'll be there. I'm going to put a mate, but I was talking to Jerry, so I might just do a bit. The, the League of Ireland up in the gantry 
Yeah. Might do like a little stint at half time or something. I don't know. So I know you haven't been watching things too too closely, so I'm not going to put you on the spot too much. But I mean, you would know still a lot of the players involved with Pats and Dundalk. You know, you're probably looking at it now where former teammates of yours are managing around the league yeah. or former opponents of yours. Maybe you're, you would have played with Stephen O'Donnell, of course, wouldn't you? Played Bowes. with Stephen and against Stan McRory. Yeah. yeah. So um, what are you expecting from Pats and Dalk on Friday? It looks like it's going to be a full house there, which is a great ground, as you know, when it, when it has that intensity. Yeah, I, I, I like Pats at home. I think they play with the shackles off. Even when I was there, that for the last five, six seasons, I don't know what the actual stats are. I then went in home games, but it's pretty high, I, I think. Mm. But it, again, it's it's the mentality going, trying to get yourself to a cup final. It's it's hunger, it's desire, it's the willing to win and a little bit of luck on the night and a little bit of quality. Um, I, I know it's on Docker and a little bit of form. Pats are, ha, have been doing okay, I suppose, but it'd be a tight game. But they're about two tight semi-finals. Yeah, being there in 2014 was obviously something that was special, particularly when you didn't get yourself suspended for the final. Thank then God. you got to play in Down it. To, Keith to be part of it. So did you give your medal away to a, a yeah. Pats fan? Yeah. Tell us about that. So, uh, John, he's, uh, he's a lifetime supporter as well, but his dad had have, had been to the, sem- the seven previous finals that they'd lost. So, John has a garage in Drawda and I'd know him pretty well and uh, we met up and I gave him the medals to give to his dad. So, there you go. Um, Killian Brennan, not such, not such a bad fella, all those people who've abused him over the years. <laughs> he deserved it. <laughs> he deserved it. <laughs> Mostly I did deserve it, yeah. Um, what's your view in the semi-finals this weekend, Mark? You've probably seen a couple more of the teams like Bowes Waterford and Pat's Dundalk. What way do you see it going? Um, Waterford, it's a, you know, it's going to be a huge game. Nothing, I know it's a semi-final, but they've nothing to lose because Bowes are probably, you know, on, on paper going to win the game, let's say, and their performance the other night would, I suppose, reinforce that. But since since uh, Bertram has come in, they've been unbelievable. One or two decent players, like Phoenix Patterson, yeah. Jr. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. They, they've got Very a threat good. in attacking areas like if you look at them formation wise the way to play like tactically they're set up very well like the you know when people talk between the lines and stuff like that their lines are perfect um normally but bowls the other night were were very very good and look at on you were you were probably at the yeah, game but yeah. it did to me they deserve to win watching it on tv they had enough chances to but in the end they could have lost um look at they're susceptible to uh, counter-attacks and stuff like that but the way the balls are set up they're they're so quick you know Bucko wins a ball and all of a sudden it's in three passes and it's in the net um, you know it wasn't it wasn't great for them the other night losing the two players in the warm-up let's say um, but yeah balls balls are a breath of fresh air and I, I fancy I just think big game players I, I'd be going for Dundalk I, I think Dundalk will win the cup really? yeah, yeah. just you think they have the ability to, to turn it on absolutely yeah. look at their you know, form wise, they're they're like the beat Rovers a couple of weeks ago, um, and then they should have should have beaten Bowles, but they didn't. Um, but at the same time, they could, this particular season, they could go out and get beaten five 0 I think. You know, if, I think if Bowles get to the the Aviva, they win because of they've played there a couple of times mm. this year in Europe. So it suits them with the pace and the width that they have. It suits them with side. the pace. They've scored plenty of goals there as well. Mm. against European opposition so I think if if Bowes can uh, overcome Waterford I think they'll win it the only mm. thing is as well with Dundalk you know if Michael Duffy is fit and stuff like that they, when yeah. they're in possession of the ball they're so expansive 
that on a big pitch they could stretch Don. Uh, if it was say Dundalk and Bowles, they could stretch them that much that you're you're leaving say one v one with Pat Hoban and Rob Cornwall, and Pat's itching for a fight anyways with with anybody. The, let's say the top but, five of Bowles just look like if the ball gets to them. Yeah, they can rinse anyone, and and as well as that, like Tierney is out obviously from the start of the game, and Wardy goes in, and he was borderline man of the match. He's yeah. you know he's Wardy be up there with your five aside teams, wouldn't he? If you're a hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. It's like uh, even when I played with him, it was like he'd try a Hollywood pass, and I'd say, Wardy, what are you doing? Yeah. It's not on. He said, Rossi, if there's a one percent chance I can make that, I'm hitting it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. and he was just one of them, but he just laugh at you and just go. And how can I be angry with this? You it's know, good, it's a good mentality to yeah, have. He's always walking around smiling. Yeah. Is there any other questions you want to ask Killian when you have him here, Mark? Any other, anything else that stands out? No, the, the the one big question I had had was the Shamrock Rovers team. You know, because I had just gone to Pats and Killian had gone to to Rovers, and what what had happened? As in, you know, he, he answered it earlier on, but that yeah. that was a big one for me because, like, the biggest surprise for me was Killian saying that he'd only won three leagues. I thought he probably had five, if not mm. more. Um, just off the top of my head, I'd say he's about six hundred cup medals. But uh, how many cup medals do you have? Do you, do you, uh, do you know the number? Three FEOs in five leagues. Okay. I think that. Not kids, tant the cups or any of that. They're not around anymore, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have the Unite the Union Cup now, which yeah. no one wants to play in because they've got yeah. their holidays booked. But uh, mm. that, is, that is a slight issue. Um, the other games, I should say, this weekend, um, in addition to the two games on Friday, there's refixed. Well, there's around the league fixtures on Monday that they've moved some of them back to Saturday. So it's Finn Harp, Sligo Rovers on Saturday, Longford Town against Shamrock Rovers on Saturday, Rovers two wins away from the league, then two o'clock on Sunday, Drada against Derry. Um, and then on Monday, it's the Cup semi-finals again. It's Pats Dundalk and Bowes against Waterford. But obviously, if either of those games are tied, the the, the, the replays will take place on Monday and those games will be refixed. You you don't get into heading the game park at all then, Killian, do you? I've been up a few times. A few times, yeah. yeah. I've been a few times, yeah. Yeah. Um, I enjoy going up there. The brother brings uh, the little as well. He's mad at the football. My fella, not so much. Um Sean's so, yeah. obviously a coach as well. Sean, Sean, of course, is on the staff. Sean's yeah. on the staff there. So, yeah, I've been up a few times. But, uh, like I said, I'm playing Friday nights myself. So, I'm pretty much... Yeah. You're keeping... Who are you playing with at the moment? Sorry. Cleve North. You're playing with, and is Darius Kieran's there? Darius is, is the manager, yeah. yeah. He'd be a good mate of mine. That's the reason why he's got me to kind of <laughs> dust the cobwebs off the boots. And actually get travelling a bit again. And yeah. get travelling a bit. Boy, I hate travelling. That's the whole reason why. So what's <laughs> it like playing at that level then? Like, what's different? I'm playing centre half, so it's not too bad. Ah, okay. So I can see the pitch and I can pass the ball where I want to pass it and stuff. Um, This whole wing or midfield getting into battles and this stuff. Like, I'm, hitting, I'm touching 40 now, so I don't really want to be like... Getting sent it, it, off it, for it's, a nail it, in a young It's lad. a proper... No, it's a proper man's league, you know. It's a proper, proper man's league. Like, elbows up, sleeves up. Like we played Friday night in the, in the Intermediate Cup, we got beaten extra time. But um, it, it's a proper man's league. You have to like, you have to yeah. be at, it. have to be at it, basically. And is the fire still there? Fire still there. That's never going to go. I don't think. No, never no. going to go. And no, no one chanted about family members at you at that well, level. No, no, not at that level. No, not that I hear it anyway. Yeah, not that I hear it. It's all good. I should mention the first division games on Friday. We've got Galway United against Bray and UCD against Treaty. They're also, I think, refix matches. But um, yeah, lads, it's been great to have you in. Mark and Killian it's been, uh, a lot. it's been good we'll have you back again and we look forward to hearing about your venture with, with Neil Fenn and see where it takes you and to be involved in football because I think it's a big problem with the league that you have big characters in the league and it's just so easy to drift away yeah. I think that's possibly one of the biggest problems with the industry in this country or the lack of an industry yeah. is that you work full time it's your life and then 
yeah, then you're dropped you're, you're to the gone. side. That's fine. And and to be fair, we expected that when we were retiring, you know. And and to be fair, I wanted to always try to take a step back from football to relax and, and enjoy myself. And like I said, it was such a big part of my life that you have to kind of slowly ease yourself out as well. But at the same time, you just forgot about them as well, aren't you? Yeah. Mm. So it's it's hard like it is hard to transition, but like I'd been let's say I was working for four four or five years before I retired so it was like you know I I retired and I was in work the following morning so it wasn't it wasn't a big deal for me Um, but I'd fear for others definitely yeah yeah. Yeah. okay well listen lads it's been great Johnny will be back next week Uh, we'll be back next week for episode 33 thanks again to Mark and Killian and everyone enjoy the games they attend this weekend